0: Hello, I'm your host, Charmaine, and welcome to Beautiful Gems.
1: Oh, there you are, right on time. Mm Mm-hmm. I saw. You started to panic when you made a wrong turn and then used your walkie-talkie of intuition. Yes, you did sound happy on the other end. <laughs> I knew it would come in handy for you this deep in the mine. When you came down to the mine before, you were closer to the surface where the rock and soil was easier to remove. You did well. I asked you to come down deeper into the mine to show you this especially hard rock. It's your beliefs, values, experiences, and ancestral memories Basically, your foundational self. Yes, you did hit some of these rocks closer to the surface. Your beliefs and values will appear in various places on the mining site. This area is different. When you do the work in this area, you will go through a transformation process of profound growth. The deeper you go, the more solid the rock, and the more exquisite the gems you are the one who will do the most labor here because of that i pay special attention to your safety by providing a support staff safety equipment underground heavy machinery and special mechanical tools to supplement the tools you have in your bag now i called charmaine down to go over all of this with you let's give her a few minutes in the meantime let's see what you have in your bag here rock pick hammer of self-discovery Chisels of self-examination, shovel of self-assessment. Ah, and a compass of values. Very good. There Charmaine goes. I timed that perfectly. You can take over where I left off, Charmaine. You know the protocol, starting with their tools. So, Charmaine will also go over the hazards, pitfalls, and general safety guidelines when operating these machines and using your tools underground. Who do you report to? That would be to me directly. All staff play a role in the mining process. However, every role is intimately designed for a purpose by me. I am the creator, the originator, the maker. I am am the great great I am. am. If either of you need me, you know how to contact me with your wonky-talkie. I'm here all day and night. Literally. Have fun, kids.
0: Hey, it took me a while to get down here. I know, I know, a whole extra week. Good thing you were with God, though. His timing is always perfect. He knew my protective gear needed some adjustments, so he gave me some extra time to attend to it. You see, before I can support you as a fellow miner and technician, I have to make sure my protective gear meets safety regulations too. And now that we're both geared up and good to go, let's get into it. When I walked in, God, the great excavator, was going over the manual tools you have in your bag. You will use these tools when you have an idea where gems can be found. Let's start with the rock pick hammer of self-discovery and the chisels of self-examination. The hammer can be used alone to break up and collect useful experiences, memories, or information about you. The chisels are then used with the hammer to chip away at the rock with preciseness. When you use these two tools together, it will enable you to link the information gathered with both the behavioral and ancestral patterns surrounding your gems. Note that it's important to stay open and curious during this process you may find out things about yourself that you didn't know or maybe never thought about in depth. One of my favorite ways to use the rock pick hammer of self-discovery is with personality tests. In particular, the Myers-Briggs Type Indicator Test. In my experience, you will get to know yourself better so that you can work with yourself better. Think of it like getting to know a best friend. Let's talk a little bit about it. There are four areas which are evaluated. They are broken down into four quadrants with four personalities in each quadrant for a total of 16 personality types. The four areas evaluated according to mbtionline.com is number one, how you're energized, either through extroversion or introversion, two, how you learn, sensing or intuition, three, how you make decisions, either thinking or feeling, and four, how you organize your time and environment through either judging or perceiving. Now, everyone contains all of these personality aspects in varying degrees. Usually, though, one area is stronger than the other. So, all 16 personality types are made up of four letters from each area. For example, I am an INFJ, or introverted, intuitive, feeling, and judging. Each personality type belongs to one of four quadrants. The four quadrants are artisans, guardians, rationals, and idealists. If we use my INFJ personality type as an example, It belongs to the idealist quadrant. Once you know your personality type, you can find out a wealth of information about you. For example, your strengths and weaknesses, best careers, family orientation, romantic orientation, and so on. If you are interested in taking a free version of this test, go to the number 16 personalities.com, or if you would like to take a more accurate evaluation, You can pay around $50 or so for one on mbtionline.com. I'll leave the links in the description. Now, how can you use the chisels of self-examination with this? One great way is through using the technique of mindfulness, yes, with experimentation. So let's say you find out that you are introverted, and this comes as a shock to you. You say to yourself, I'm a pretty outgoing person. That doesn't make any sense. So you decide to stay open though and read up on what introversion means according to Myers-Briggs. You then understand that both introverts and extroverts can be outgoing. You find that introversion has to do with how you re-energize or recharge yourself, namely alone, where extroverts are recharged with external stimulation like conversations. So you decide to experiment. You go to a party Saturday night, and you have a great time dancing and talking to people. You are a chatty Cathy. As the night went on, you noticed, mindfully, that your energy peaked and became lower and lower the more you spoke. You thought, eh, that's normal. On Sunday, you decide to purposefully spend time alone reading, napping, and watching a good movie. You notice, mindfully, that you feel better and better as the day went on. At the end of the day, you felt fully recharged. And you think to yourself, I could do this again tomorrow. Ah, now you've made the connection. Before you can go back out and be a chatty Cathy, You have to spend time alone to build up your energy first. Understanding this aspect of your personality will serve you well when doing inner work. How? Well, by using the shovel of self-assessment, you remove the excess rock of experiences that you use to support the fact that you're outgoing and not introverted. You clear out and make room to discover a gem. With this newfound information, you decide to spend more time alone journaling to make connections to discover new insights about you. This part of the process requires you to let go of what no longer serves you and make peace with it. You are releasing a form of energy while bringing in new and fresh energy to change your behavior. Now, I'm sure the great excavator explained, that this rock can be pretty solid and hard to break up at times with just these tools. Sometimes you may need to call in assistance from technicians and they will bring in mechanical tools to break through that hard rock with a handheld drill, for example. Usually technicians like religious leaders, healers, and scientists will bring this one in particular to you. This tool is for fasting. Many times you need a technician with this tool because it's powerful and highly effective when used properly. It has the ability to connect mind, body, heart, and soul in a way that penetrates the hard rock, clearly exposing your gems. You can also learn how to use this tool on your own, but make sure to do your research, speak to your doctor, and take small manageable steps, like with intermittent fasting, where you designate blocks of time daily to both fast and eat. There are so many great tools out there. We'll introduce you to them as you go along, but start with these and see how you do. Oh wait, what, what's that at the bottom of your bag? Ooh, that's your compass of values. Yeah, for some reason, that's not a well-used tool for minors, It's a great guidance system and a great way to steer you in the right direction of your gems, though. Why? Oh, because it directs you to what you value most. What's of highest value to you. Hey, are you a Pirates of Caribbean fan? You know, it's kind of like that compass Jack Sparrow had. Anyway, here's a brief exercise you can do to get clear on what you value. Google a list of values. Select up to 10 values and prioritize them from 1 to 10. 1 being what you most value and 10 being what you least value. Then think about how this applies to your life. For example, if your top values are adventurous, fearless, and fun, you may be a good candidate for skydiving, free diving, bungee jumping, or extreme roller coaster rides. It could also be something simple like, You love to try new exotic foods and listen to music from different cultures. How does knowing these things help you? You will understand your motivations behind the experiences you created in the past and the experiences you are currently creating into the future. All right, let's take a walk over to the safety equipment. Look over there. Do you see a box frame that looks similar to a bed frame, only taller? Yep, that's it. There are times where you may need to go climb down into a crevice of the mind attached to this box frame with a supporting rope and harness. In that case, you would work with the operators of the Holy Spirit and or angels. They are here to protect you from falling into giving up, failure, test fatigue, your past, or Self-sabotage. What happens if we don't use the support of this device and its operators and we fall? Well, not only will the operators still help, but the health and safety staff of your ancestors will come to your rescue, along with technicians like psychologists and coaches, and maybe even some mining coworkers. like friends and family will help. There is emergency rescue equipment on site. That's your ancestors, man. They know better than anyone when you may take a fall because you are repeating their patterns. What's most important to remember never ever give up. There is always a team in the spiritual and physical realms ready and waiting to help. Keep calm and sparkle. I mean, keep calm and don't panic. You're okay. God knew you would fall, and He has a safety contingency plan in place. Always remember, God's got you. To be clear, it will require significant effort, willingness, and tenacity on your part to raise you up out of this crevice if you fall. You have to want it, or you can literally prevent the rescue from happening. If this is the case, be patient with yourself in the process. Sometimes we may feel like giving up because we are not seeing the results we want. We may have test fatigue. My fancy way of saying We are tired of going around that same mountain, feeling like we keep failing over and over again. Then we look at this repetitive history of the past and tell ourselves, "Hmm, what's the use? It'll only happen again, which then results in self-sabotage. Can you see how anyone can get stuck here? So how can you get yourself to move? Well, first, respect your feelings. They are valid. Then make sure your hard hat, yep, of self-compassion is on tight and the headlamp of thought is shining bright. Typically, our thoughts may need adjustments before we decide to move. In this scenario, we view ourselves as failing. Believe me, I've been there. What I did was reframe my thoughts about failure to there is no such thing as failure. They are truly lessons in disguise to teach us. Even though we may feel we've been around this mountain before, there is at least one thing that's different or something you didn't notice the last time around. When you look for the lessons instead of defeat, you may see a gem while you're still down there in the crevice. The most exquisite yet. If you'd like more guidance around this specific lesson, check out John Maxwell's book, Sometimes You Win, Sometimes You Learn. It's a great read to reframe your brain. If you are more of an auditory person, try listening to this book on Audible.com. Or if you prefer music, try listening to India Irie's song, I Choose. Her lyrics will encourage you and her music will heal you. She is one of my favorite technicians slash artists. I absolutely adore her. Let's take another walk. There is one more safety precaution the Great Excavator took. Its importance is pretty high, so he has his top workers, the Archangels, on it. They are the site managers. There it goes. It's called the Seismic Monitoring Station. You see Archangel Michael manning it right there? No? (laughs) Neither do I. We can't see him, but believe me, he's there. What does this machine monitor? It measures seismic activity in the mine in case of an earthquake. The Archangels have installed seismic sensors around the mining site with an alarm system just in case we need to evacuate. What does the seismic activity represent? Vibrational energy. Have you ever walked into a room and felt a vibe or a vibration? Let's say you walk into a hospital room to visit family members who just had a newborn baby. How does the vibe feel? Sweet, right? You most likely feel love. Those type of vibrations, unfortunately, aren't the ones the archangels are watching out for. One of the most hazardous vibrations is that of fear. Fear has the ability to cause chaos and destruction. So this is what they look out for. It will show us our shadow side and our primal side. That is why it is so important for us to understand these sides of ourselves. In the third episode, I emphasize the importance of being in control of your internal world, especially when the outside world is in chaos. This seismic monitoring station is specifically designated to your mind. However, it is connected to a seismic monitoring system above ground, which means it connects to the outside world. The data is collected from individual mining sites by a network of computers. This computer network is monitored by God. Why am I telling you all of this? Now is the time to master your fear. Master your shadow. Master your primal instincts. This is what you have control over. Collectively, we were caught off guard with recent world events like COVID. Fear has traditionally been used to motivate the masses throughout history. Look at the bigger picture, not just the situations, events, or circumstances. Big picture, simply said, means giving over your power, control, and vibrational energy because of fear. I encourage you to stay alert, to listen out for the alarm when a tremor or a vibration of fear threatens to cause havoc in your inner world. Remember, fear is false evidence appearing real. God is in control. You have a direct link to him always. Use your walkie talkie of intuition. Listen to that still small voice and the loud, instinctual voice. It is always right. One more precaution here. What happens when you are not sensitive to the seismic alarm? Right, a massive earthquake of fear can hit before you reach safety. Why wouldn't people be sensitive and alert to this? One reason is a strong reliance on their intelligence. Many are in their head and not in touch with themselves, so they never hear the alarm and instead react in fear. This is dangerous, not only for them, but those around them, because they will revert to their primal natures of either flight, fight, or freeze, which is unfamiliar to them. How you are wired matters here more than how intelligent you are. A particularly dangerous form of thinking in this scenario is a focus on only positive thoughts, disregarding anything negative or even reality in favor of the positive. In episode eight, I spoke to you about acknowledging the duality of light and dark and how there is wisdom in this. If you only choose to look at everything that is of the light, what will you do when day becomes night? And darkness falls outside of you. Will you understand both your light and dark sides holding on to your power? Or will you be caught unaware and give over your power to external fear? In America, especially, we have become used to a life of ease, forgetting or pushing to the back of our mind that one event can tip the scales. Many are not prepared for hardships. Some may feel that they are above it. When in truth, we are all more vulnerable than we realize. You can counter that vulnerability by cultivating your relationship with God and yourself. Get to know your authentic self thoroughly. Know you better than anyone on this planet. On purpose. No one can take your power away without your permission. Are you uncomfortable? Good, that means you've just struck a gem. If this doesn't resonate with you, then move on. If it does, pay attention to how you feel, what you're thinking, and what your intuition is telling you. It's not a message of doom and gloom, nor is it a message of fear. If this message resonates with you, it's because it already exists inside of you. You recognize it because you know it. You already have all the answers you need inside you, not outside of you. The world would have you believe that if you don't have something like formal education to validate what you know, it's not good enough. If there is one thing I want to leave with you, God makes all things complete and whole, including you. There will never be an expert who knows you better than you know you. You are the expert of you. Trust yourself. Trust God. So now, how do you get to know your shadow and primal nature? By working diligently in the area we just came from, that hard rock of beliefs, values, experiences, and ancestral memories. Believe me, your shadow and primal nature will come up when you put in the work with the tools we went over. How much progress you make in your transformation process depends on how much and what kind of work ethic you decide to put into you. Remember, as you go along, more tools will be given to you by supporting staff like myself. So yes, you have to put in the work, but you aren't alone. You have a designated team cheering you on and helping you out. Speaking of support, God is so good. Remember the heavy machinery we spoke about in episodes three and four of prayer, meditation, mindfulness, stillness, and nature? Well, he has provided similar heavy machinery outfitted for underground mining. So you don't have to just chip away at the rock. I mean, you would be down here forever. You practice using these heavy machineries above ground, and you did a great job doing it too. So what that did was prepared you to use the underground heavy machinery, which removes the excess rock that falls away after all your hard work mining. Mining trucks and loaders transport rocks from your dig site to an opening leading up to the surface. The claw and wire heavy machinery lowers down, collects, and lifts the rocks of experiences out Disposal. This rock is the waste that is produced from digging, which needs to be removed before you can continue your process. As a matter of fact, miners call this waste overburden, probably because tons of rock is removed. This overburden of life experiences and foundational beliefs can be seen as an energy form energy that once served a purpose and now needs release. Otherwise, it will become a burden or hindrance in our mining process to find our gems. What this means is that more time and concentrated, consistent efforts need to be spent when praying and meditating to clear away these hard rocks. Whew. I am spent. How about you? Well, let's take a lunch break. When we come back, we'll finish up with the staff and their roles As allies and enemies. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. I pray that you build your relationship with God, love yourself unconditionally, and put in the work to mine, refine, and shine those gems.